0: And welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Sally Garnett, a.k.a. Loa. She's one of the most hotly tipped artists of the past few years. I first saw her at the Bodega for Sounds from a Safe Harbour in Cork in about 2015. And it seemed like she had it all then, but she kind of went away for a while and she only released her debut EP, The Heart, earlier, or This Heart earlier uh, this year, 2017. She released that in June and she hasn't really done too much with it, I suppose. She's played the Sugar Club and she's played another couple of shows, but she's gearing up now for an Irish tour, which includes dates in Dublin, Cork and other voices where I'm also going this weekend. So hopefully I'll actually get to bump into her IRL. Uh, So yeah, this is uh, Sally Garnett, AKA Loa, chatting about all of that stuff. Okay, so y- you have a couple of uh, shows lined up uh, in the next week or so. You're playing Cypress Avenue on November 30th, the Central Arts in Waterford on the 1st of December, Other Voices, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about in depth as well, on the 3rd of December, Bellobar in Dublin on the 7th, uh, Birthdays in Dalston on the 14th and then the Rochine Dove in Galway on the 17th. Is this kind of like the longest stretch of gigs that you've kind of had in a while?
1: It is, yeah, and um, so close together because that's one thing we've sort of visited a lot of different um, locations around Ireland. Mainly, I've um, and then you know we did a, a gig in Paris. I've done a couple of gigs in New York, and then a gig in Austin. But they haven't all come in one run like this. I basically, I haven't done a proper tour yet, um, and so it, it's just fitting to to finish the year that we released the EP with a tour of Ireland in a in a cluster of dates, and then do our first gig in London. Um, Um, which we hadn't somehow haven't gotten to yet. So um, I'm really excited, actually. It feels proper. And I mean, I could have done it sooner, but I wasn't happy with the set list and various things. But now um, I'm in a position where I'm feeling really good about it. So it's exciting.
0: It, It must be hard as well just to actually line up all of these dates and actually be able to get however many people are in the band and yourself as well and just be like, okay, guys, we need all of these dates off in a row.
1: Yeah well certainly when you work with the type of musicians I work with that is one of my biggest challenges because they're all very in demand and um, very, very incredible musicians, and yeah. So that is hard. Logistics are challenging, and and financially, t- touring is is very. It's kind of hilarious how <laughs> how impractical touring is financially, and um, so you really have to be in it for more than than the money, and you have to have a long term plan. So I'm ready to start doing that now, and uh, and getting stuck in. So that's exciting, and I'm and next year will be more of the same. You know.
0: Yeah. So you're playing, just before we talk about uh, Other Voices, you're playing uh, with Russ and Gano family in London. Have you played with them before?
1: Um, No, I mean, we haven't. We've obviously done lots of the same festivals and all of that kind of thing. But we haven't actually done a gig together in that way. Um, And I'm excited to be going over as a double headliner. It's kind of, um, it's a bit more... I guess it's more fun and it's more inclusive, and um, it takes the pressure off either of us because um, we can just enjoy it together. And it's really a show about both of us, rather than like one person supporting and that kind of thing, you know.
0: You're gonna have to up the energy levels like a million times to try and keep oh up with gosh. those guys. I think. Oh
1: yeah, no, I'm I'm already like that's just, uh, they're in a different in a different vortex, <laughs> a different universe of energy. So I'm I'm going first. Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You're going to show off some dance moves, though. You know, you got to try and keep up with the two of them.
1: Oh, God, yeah. No, they're all, I've, been, I've been whipping out all the moves, like, <laughs> no doubt about that.
0: <laughs> uh, have you played other voices before?
1: Um, No. So, I haven't. I haven't even been, actually. So, this is the first time I'm going down to... I've been to Dingle and I've played in St. James's Church, all right, um, for Ophelia Nabaltina two years ago, but... Uh, this is the first time I'm going to the festival and playing. So I'm on the Other Voices music trail I'm doing a couple a uh, two shows on the Sunday, actually. And um, so it's really lovely. And I'm going to head down for the weekend after we do our Waterford gig and just soak up the the energy and the vibe of the festival and see a bunch of other music and stuff. So I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't been before. I'm going for the first time as well. I was hoping you might have some tips, but now I'm like, oh, oh
1: sorry. Any, any,
0: <laughs> have you heard anything, anything that we should know?
1: Um, that, that no one else has heard on the QT um, yeah. and well if I have I probably can't say <laughs> do
0: you think do, do you think that you'll be able to get into the um, church at all
1: Um, I'm really gonna try. I mean, I love I I love Wyvern Lingo and I love Dermot Kennedy and and there's a bunch of bands playing Songhoi Blues from Mali. They're one of my favorite bands, and so I really wanna try and get to them and Perfume Genius. So there's like, yeah, there's a bunch of a bunch of stuff that I'm desperate to go to. Yeah, I know. But I'm probably gonna have to be a bit practical and and make you know, take a few hits and sacrifices for other people. So we'll see.
0: Um We'll talk about the EP now, I guess. Uh, I, sure. I was going to say, like, let's talk about the new EP, but it kind of came out in May, I think it was. It's It seems like this year has gone so fast. And it's like, how is that, like, six months ago already?
1: I know, right? Yeah, it really is. Like, it, this is it. And in, especially in this day and age where, like, everything's very quick and um, there's a lot more music just hitting our ears all the time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... I guess. Well, what's the question? <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. <laughs> Just like, uh, how has the EP been for you? Like, are, are you happy with how it turned out?
1: Um, yeah, I'm. I'm as happy with it as, as I could be. Um, because I guess I went for a very uh, organic, simple sort of not simple, but a band sound in the end. So s- sonically, um, it's exactly what I wanted to do at the time. And, um, in terms of like. The, the reception, the reception's been just exactly as I'd uh, anticipated, really. I wasn't, it was no better, no worse. Um, and it was, I almost feel like with a first EP like that, it's almost more for the artist than for the public. I think it's one of, you know, it's your first thing. So you're sort of learning on it. It's the it's the record or whatever that you make all your mistakes on and you figure out and understand how you work, how you record. So I, I'm no, I wasn't expecting anything gargantuan to go down, you know, because I was like, this is a almost an exercise for me as an artist to be like, OK, this is what I like, how I like doing things. This is how I don't like doing things. This works for me. This doesn't. And then, of course, theres the, I'm really proud of the songs. i know They're beautiful. And um, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll listen to them in 10 years and say the same thing. Um, so overall, yeah, I'm totally happy with it. But well, I'm also ready to, to fi- finish this tour and then and move on to the next, the next chapter. And I, my sound is, is changing. So that's also exciting. I think it's hard to move into your next phase as a creative if you don't release the stuff you've been sitting on. You know, you've got you've to kind of exercise the chapter that's gone in order to let the new stuff in.
0: That's interesting. Just because talking like about the first EP being so important for an artist, I was thinking, oh, does that mean it's kind of like your definitive sound? You're kind of defining what Loa is as a music, but it sounds like you're already thinking, OK, let's kind of change it up.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, and yeah, like there's an expectation that you're supposed to really demonstrate yourself with the first thing. Um and and to to an extent you you are because it's where you're at at the time but i mean and i'm sure you could name me five artists without even blinking who have had an an incredible transformation of their sound throughout their career and so this idea that you have to really you, you do obviously want to start with a bang and say, here I am. This is, These are my strongest songs to date and I'm really proud of them and I'm really ready to put them forward. But you also don't have to be beholden to the past either. So, and the kind of person that I am and the kind of artist that I am, I'm always uh, seeking and trying new things. And um, I'm already very eclectic anyway, At the at, you know, at, the, at my most plain. <laughs> like there's always about three things in there going on. So um, for me, it's just like, oh, my God, great. Okay, that's done. Now there's this new exciting thing that I want to try. And, you know, it might mean that for for some people, they can't really get involved with that because it's too complicated for them. And that's totally fine. And that's really cool. And then there will be people who are really into that growth. And it's exciting. It's as exciting for them as it is for me to hear what I come up with. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I I think I saw you first in Cork for Sounds from a Safe Harbour, if my memory serves yeah. me correctly, in like 2015 or something.
1: Yeah. I think
0: mm-hmm. I'm right about that. And so, like, it's almost like two years later. It's just over two years later. Like, was, was the sound there then, do you think? Or was it just kind of like, you know, kind of tiptoeing around it and kind of seeing how far you can go in the one direction?
1: Um, yeah, I mean... It was sort of there. I was playing different songs. I remember that gig and I, there was a couple of songs in the set that I I, I wasn't re. I was playing them because I loved them, but they weren't really like right for me. And I've trimmed it down and then I'm working on a lot of new collaborations now. So that was a very different time. I was really experimenting. And the thing is like for me, one thing that people don't realize, because I suppose when you look at time spans and dates, it's like, OK, so you were gigging in Cork two years ago at a, like a really amazing festival. Like what's the crack there? Mm-hmm. But what I didn't expect to happen was for people to actually take me up on my music that soon. And for me, to be, I didn't expect to get those opportunities when I got them. Like, And in a funny way, I was sort of expecting to be doing like really tiny, nondescript gigs where I could figure that stuff out almost, almost in hiding, but what happened was, was lovely that people responded so well to my, my beginning, the very beginning and were like, please do this amazing gig, please do this one. And I wasn't going to say no to those opportunities, but I, I was very, very early in my artistry and I, I've needed to take the time to figure out what I like. So it seems like it's taken a while, but it's taken no longer than any other artist. It's just that I've been doing it very publicly in very um, I suppose prestigious um, performances so I'm doing what most people do like in the local pub but I'm doing them at these amazing festivals so it's kind of like this sort of trippy dual-sided thing where on the one hand I don't I don't feel like I really even sometimes would have fitted in those scenarios and because I felt like they were beyond me but As a performer, I'm very confident and I understand that my work is really good at the same time. So it wasn't like formed, but I was happy to to share it with people as it was in its very undeveloped state. And now I kind of feel like I'm a bit more developed and I sort of know better what I'm doing. And so I feel like I feel like I'm up to the level of where I'm actually what I'm actually performing, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, um, I I think that it's just the idea that maybe people people love the idea of new like new artists like, oh, my Hmm. God this you know this person has one song it's amazing they're amazing and everything and yeah. it, it can almost be like too much for a new artist like did you feel that you kind of had to go away for a while and just kind of okay yeah. let's just develop the sound
1: yeah like I, I, I on, if I'm really honest with you I agree I feel like it was sometimes a little bit too much and I didn't I didn't know how to actually um speak that i didn't understand what i was even feeling because i was a new artist so i wasn't able to have the wisdom to say guys i'm a new artist I-, I feel a little bit too much pressure to live up to something that's been said about me but i was i was just in that new budding stage where you don't have the self awareness you know you're still figuring it out so i was feeling a lot of discomfort about the kind of, the lovely, lovely things are being said. Like, let's not, let's not like say it's a bad thing because they're really, really sweet, but it's also uh, kind of a lot to live up to when you're developing yourself. So I felt like I, I think I really felt like hiding, but I didn't, and uh, I didn't hide because I didn't even have the words to say, I want to hide. You know, it was a very like unconscious thing that was happening. So as a result, I just took more time. And um, that was my way of kind of dealing with it. I took everything really slowly. Um, I suppose another option would have been to like just like leave, you know, go, I don't know, get a flight to Bermuda or something and go like live in a cabin and write tunes. So that that's always an option. And a lot of people do stuff like that. Um, but I wanted to be around my friends and my family and stuff. So um now I'm kind of I have a bit more self-awareness and wisdom and I understand everything I've gone through in hindsight. And I'm like, oh, OK, you poor thing, like you just felt the pressure too much and you you just chill. I just took my time. Then I was like, this is a, this is whoa, like, you know, this is beautiful. What everyone what people are saying and thinking. But at the same time, like I'm not I'm not really there yet. And um, whereas now I'm just like, ah, sure, look, we're just making tunes and we're performing them. <laughs> <laughs> That's all this is. <laughs>
0: Um, the, the EP itself, like it is very multicultural and it does sound like, uh, like not your run of the mill kind of Irish music is, uh, did you kind of have to help the musicians along to kind of see your vision of what you wanted to achieve? Uh
1: not really. No. Um, the musicians I play with, I, I play with jazz, jazz, jazz guys. And, and then like Andre is a Brazilian drummer and they're a lot more experienced than me actually. Oh, okay. So, um, th- that has been very helpful because it means whenever I have an idea. Um, that I can just put it to them and they sort of get it. Now I didn't. I I went through a few permutations of of the band because that was that was an issue at some stage with um with other musicians where they were like, "Girl, this is amazing stuff," but we were. I don't really feel what you're trying to do here, which is totally cool because it is a lot, and I understand that. And whereas, I guess by the time I got around to making the EP, I had a group of people who kind of understood every subdivision of what the tunes were about and they were able to follow it effortlessly and in fact even better than I could and they were kind of make you know helping me along to to fully develop the ideas so um that it, it's a lot to ask of any musician the kind of work that I do and there is a a sort of um a, a portion of the world that make music a bit like me. Like there's a very small niche of people who are out there kind of doing something similar. But also, as I said earlier, like that was very much my first body of work that I, and it's almost where I was experimenting. Yeah. And I don't necessarily feel the need to constantly, Throw everything at the wall, you know. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm trying. I'm doing a lot of collaborations now, which are kind of interesting and are probably gonna. You're probably gonna be asking me this same question in a few months. Like, okay, I wasn't expecting that one, Loa. Um, in fact, there's like one collaboration coming up for Christmas that's kind of going to be quite interesting to see how people take that because it's me and another group who you wouldn't normally put us together. Um, but but at the same time, um. In my own personal project going forward, I am kind of wanting to streamline now because I feel like there was just a, a, a lot going on um, at all times, and that's me. That's totally cool. There's a lot going on with me, but I'm ready to maybe, um, yeah, just just trim the fat, shall we say?
0: Are you are you able to name any names yet for who you're collaborating with?
1: Um, I I don't, I don't it's not really a secret, but. I maybe I haven't checked with
0: it, up, so maybe I'll. Ah. <laughs> I'll. I'll I'll keep refreshing anyway. The the Facebook page. I'm like, who is she collaborating <laughs> with? Has she said it yet?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, did you have any kind of like like not music? music people saying oh you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't do that but like a song like corte uh, cortege for example mm. um where you sing in shabro and uh mende which is the mm-hmm. language of your paternal grandparents yes. like did anyone like recording it or anyone have advice and say like oh i don't know if you should do that i don't think people will go for that
1: Mm. Yeah, no, no, that was never. Um, I guess my my first manager. We just finished up our kind of our relationship recently because he's he's moved into different a different side of the industry. But um, we, we he was very, totally supportive. He was just like that's class, and he he's comes from. A more classical background and um and more kind of eclectic very contemporary a lot of contemporary fusion you know fusion of jazz and other things so like the kind of people that i was around um were just like you know obviously there's no template for this in ireland mm. and that, that can be really challenging sometimes because um it does make me question um the validity of what I'm doing, whereas I guess if I lived in Paris or something, that would that that wouldn't even come into it. It's just because we're in an Irish setting, and um, not to say that a lot of eclectic music hasn't come out of Ireland, but it doesn't stay here. People leave, and in fact, that may you know that may be on the cards for me as well. Um, but I, notwithstanding, even though there wasn't like an obvious ready-made appetite for this stuff, um, people have responded to it really well and you know it's often like people who my fans it's often one of their favorite songs um, but obviously in a on a commercial setting where you're trying to actually gig around and Open up to a wider audience. You do have to make some really practical decisions about how you're going to market yourself, and like, am I going to mark? Am I going to be presenting myself as a very, you know, an African artist, or am I Irish, or what is it? Because the template doesn't exist. So I'm sitting here actually making up a new template, and people who come after me can be like, oh, it's kind of like Loa, you know, maybe or maybe not. Maybe no one will do this mad stuff, you know. Um, but uh, so that has been challenging because it's like just by virtue of being myself, I'm kind of creating a new thing that doesn't exist in our in our culture thus far um being an afro-celt you know (laughs) i mean there's the afro-celt sound system but there it's different it's a different sound and and it was actually you know a collaboration as opposed to one person so yeah so that that nobody said no one said you shouldn't do that but at the same time um practically it can be hard to like put it across sometimes do you feel like
0: the template is changing in Ireland and probably particularly in Dublin, that these scenes are meshing together, that there, that you do have people uh, like Farrah L, who I saw last week, um, who's kind of come in and kind of, cha- you know, kind of making her own sound as well. Do you feel like it is changing slowly, but it is developing?
1: Yeah, yeah, like there. I guess it's become we Ireland's becoming more um, culturally diverse, more ethnically diverse, um, and that just has a natural effect. Of, you know, it's but well, I guess this is the first generation where it's very, very evident, and it's within within the confines of the island. You know, because there's always been mixed race people and all that kind of thing, but they've either you know moved abroad or, or maybe just not like Phil in it was a mixed race guy, but. He he, you know, he opted to go for an, a very American sound at the time. He didn't like decide to make Jamaican music <laughs> because his dad was Jamaican, you know. So the people have been around, but they haven't necessarily been uh been true to their whatever you want to say ethnic home culture if you will i don't know what the right way to say it is but but now because we're all i guess more people are here living here with that cultural heritage very much alive in them and also being irish that's gonna inevitably change the scene and it's happening really quickly and all of a sudden because you know a lot of people are are now in their 20s who moved here as children or, or were born here you know so um and i think each generation will get more interesting and more complex so we're going to have the you know the wonderful tradition of irish sing- singer songwriters that has as we know uh, from time immemorial and this storytelling capacity of the irish mixed in with all these other influences which is really cool you know do, do you
0: kind of think like it's about time that this happened <laughs>
1: um yeah i mean i guess like i suppose in one sense yeah i've what's, i've heard a phrase once Irish I can't remember how it goes but yeah I mean I think Ireland we've been moving leaving Ireland for so long and emigrating and and affecting other cultures really profoundly um that it's yeah I do think it's it would it's interesting that now we're we're having the same change up happening on the island as opposed to you know, Irish people leaving and, and contributing all of their selves to another culture and society. It's nice to have the change happen here. And, and, and you know, just like a, a little, it's a little bit chaotic at times and, and very beautiful and interesting. So, yeah, I guess it's about time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really so, interesting. I haven't thought about that before, kind of the Irish going away and affecting all these other cultures and now yeah. all these other people coming in and affecting the Irish culture.
1: Yeah, and, and for some people, they're like, yes, this is so exciting. And, and some people are very uncomfortable with it. But, you know, if you know your history, um, you, I don't think you have the luxury to be uncomfortable because it's, it's you know, you just can't sit around and go, no one's allowed to come here. Well, then why do are we allowed to leave, you know? And that's just an impractical approach to reality, yeah. in my opinion.
0: Um- Uh, I hope I have this right, but you grew up in Maynooth and then you spent your teenage years in Sierra Leone, was it?
1: Yeah, West Africa, Sierra Leone and Gambia. So I grew up in Maynooth. Um, My mum is Irish and my dad's from Sierra Leone.
0: Okay, and so like was you went over there as a teenager for a couple of years and like was was there a lot of music around you then?
1: Yeah, it was very formative musically. I mean, I did. I kept up my piano classes and my vo- a little bit of violin and stuff like that. But there was certainly a lot of um, West African the griot tradition. We heard a lot of like cora players and uh, drumming, um, and incredible drumming that always happens at ceremonies. And and then a lot of like um, you know just pop from from African pop, West African pop, and stuff. And then a lot of American music too, because that's really popular. Um, So, yeah, it was really interesting. I definitely wouldn't have been exposed to any of that if I'd stayed in Manooth. I would have been exposed to other cool stuff too, you know, had I stayed. But um, because we left, it really like, it it just created this really interesting stew. And so when I came home, I had all these new sounds on my ear, but I went back into orchestra and I went back into uh, playing a tiny bit of trad and stuff like that. So then it's all melded together and I'm still trying to pick it apart and find my own self in it all but it certainly was really exciting and and formative yeah
0: and are there a lot of like languages around like those two uh languages that I mentioned earlier that are in that song Shabro and Mende are they just like two of like myriad languages that are spoken there
1: oh yeah I mean there's more languages on the African continent than like the whole world combined. There's just thousands of them and um, certainly... Um, Shabro isn't. Mende is more widely spoken, um. But Shabro is my grandfather's n- like native, native tongue. Um. But even like I don't necessarily speak it, and nor does my dad. And um, it was my auntie that helped me with the translation. Okay. Um, so it, there's, you know, the languages depending on how many people are in are can speak it natively in any one tribe. The languages kind of. Uh, grow and then t- and then maybe decline for a while and grow again just depending on populations because they're all oral and um, so yeah you, you if you if you grow up in in West Africa or I would imagine I could probably say the same for most of Africa but I can't I'm not going to speak for other countries that I haven't been to but um, certainly in in most of West Africa you'd be able to greet people in in a number of languages because it's just expected that you can say the basic hellos and stuff and thank you and um, because there's so many languages happening all the time and then there, and then in Sierra Leone for example, there's um, the common tongue as it were um which is which is creo, which is like a patois, an English patois, like a broken English um from the descended slaves uh, re- who returned you know so that's kind of yeah everyone speaks that and then everyone has their own languages
0: yeah wow, that's that's really interesting and it's great that like it's being used on a track like that it does and that your aunt helped you translate it it sounds like it's kind of like a nice kind of family affair
1: type track i don't know yeah what that it totally is. totally it was really lovely because i i actually visited Sierra Leone and i had the poem ready and i asked her t- t- to do it for me then and and we had a, a lovely chat afterwards on skype and stuff and she taught me some um because the a very opening of the track is actually a folk. A folk church song in in Shabro, so that kind of comes into at the beginning, and then it goes into my part, and um, it's like a very old traditional Shabro um, song. So yeah, it's it's really cool, like um, to have had that experience with her, and it was very lovely, and I feel more, yeah, I guess it does. It feels like a family affair.
0: That's great, and it sounds like this tour that's coming up, um, and this EP, which was released in the middle of the year, it's kind of like two of the highlights of the year. But you also like went to South by Southwest, and you're in New York as well. You're Mitchell's Town Cave, and now you're gonna finish up in Other Voices. What what a
1: year! Yeah, yeah, I know. I I feel like America was so it feels like so long ago, like a different life, but it was this year. It was like the month before the EP came out. So yeah, by was amazing. New York, I mean, yeah, we've done loads this year and um I've certainly like taken a lot of time to to like take stock of everything this year and plan my next few years um, in a way that I haven't had the maturity and confidence to do in the past. So through the act of of going to America and making the EP and doing all these amazing gigs I was like okay what am I doing here like am I am I gonna take myself seriously now and stand up and be proud of what I do and and accept that uh you know I'm I'm a decent artist <laughs> or you know I'm gonna stay hiding and scared forever and uh, you know I'm opting to to be a grown-up <laughs> so, so now it's really the next few years are gonna be really exciting because I'm actually gonna carve something really serious out for myself so I'm excited yeah.
0: That's great. So you kind of sat down and you kind of thought, like, not a business plan, but kind of like, okay, maybe one more EP, an album and blah, blah, blah.
1: Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, what am I I going to do more visuals? Because, uh, you know, I haven't really done that many videos because I'm I'm confident enough with photography, but I really struggle to... I've struggled in terms of confidence with finding an aesthetic for visuals and stuff. And that has been a, an issue. So yeah, I, I, for all intents and purposes, I've been quite insecure over the last few years as I grow, you know, and really trying to find my, my confidence and find um, my, the, my courage um, in a way that I think people just assume artists are born with or yeah. have. And it's it, for me, that hasn't been the case. I've really had to, take the steps to nurture it and i'm still nurturing it it's not like it's not like the process is over you know um so i I, this year was very much a grow a year of growth in terms of taking myself seriously and believing that good things could actually happen for me because that can sometimes you know i'm in the middle of all of this these amazing things over the last years i've had serious imposter syndrome (laughs) and that can really hold you back um and that you know so and then when people are saying one thing and you believe another thing, it's quite it can be jarring and you know. So now I feel like I'm stepping into um being being a bit more real and, and grown up and being like, look, this is what I can do, this is what I can't do, and here's what I'm gonna build. So yeah, as you just said, um, oh, like yeah, another EP and then work towards an album and and the types of tours I wanna do and the types of artists I wanna be associated with, all those kind of really um sensible adult business decisions <laughs> that I <laughs> yeah been almost scared of making because i wasn't sure that i could do it you know is is it just
0: kind of like that those doubts that you had is it just like um being able to accept praise when someone says like oh my god sally this song is amazing and you're like no it's not no it's not it can be better it's just being actually like being able to take the praise
1: yeah 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 i was i yeah that's literally it you know that's a a hard
0: thing for like an irish person in general to do and <laughs> you no
1: know, thank you yeah. Just being irish puts you at, at, a, at a kind of a, a difficult position with accepting stuff like that and i, I often struggle with that self-deprecation and um, that is very much my irish my irishness you know um and um, that can go it can just go a bit too far sometimes And into kind of maybe an apathy towards yourself that's unhealthy and leading to darker things like depression and stuff, which I've certainly experienced like like most people. So, yeah, it has been about like, you know, um, accepting the good, the good, the good when it when it's um, accepting, as you say, praise or accepting respect for my work and respecting myself and what I do. Um, and not kind of being out there feeling like a phony and then you know coming home and being like oh, I'm just really not that good you know just learning to like let a lot of those um, quite destructive ideas go and um, and then just actually focus on the work itself because they're just distracting you from what you need to be doing anyway and if you're just focused on the work you don't really have time to think about whether or not it's good You just you're just trying to get it done you know um, so as I clear away those bit by bit, it definitely it's helping me me be more motivated to do even more than I thought I could do, and and work with loads of different people and stuff. So it's give, it's I have more energy than I even had starting, which is really cool. So yeah, that's been another like a more personal shade of two thousand seventeen
0: that's great and listen i'm I'm gonna end by praising you like this hearty (laughs) p it's it's amazing and i'm looking forward to seeing you at hopefully at other voices both performing and i'm sure that we'll bump into each other on the street as well
1: Mm -hmm. thank you yeah thank you owen thank you so much
0: it's gonna be good and uh yeah have a great uh 2018 as well and all the releases and all the amazing things you're gonna do as
1: well yeah thank you so much i much appreciate it's been a lovely call grace. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye-bye.